Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? Most excellent, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. A little bit of Bill and Ted there. Yeah, no, I knew exactly where that was coming from. A little point break, a little Bill and Ted, all all good surfer stuff. (laughs) Jeff, listen, we, we all know that we're supposed to exercise, right? Right. We know that. Exercise is good for your heart. It's good for your lungs. There's so much research, especially recently, that it's good for your brain. Right. Um, We agree that it's good for you. Here's the big question that I have. Maybe you've had the same question. What is the right amount of exercise to help you get the most benefit? Right. Well, I I figure as soon as the little beads of sweat start forming on my head, I I, I probably probably topped off. That's the right amount. So if it's hot outside, then you (laughs) just start. Then I'm done. Then I'm done. You start with the right amount (laughs) even before you get going, right? Right. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a legitimate question, right? But I bet you have some studies that are going to tell us. Well, I do. I actually, you're, you are, you are luck in luck because I do have some information I'm going to share with you. It's actually a new study that I found in Newsweek magazine. Oh, cool. And it says that um, researchers think that they've actually pinpointed how much exercise could actually, and listen to this, prevent the heart from aging. Wow. I mean, that's big stuff, right? Yeah. So you're going to be dead, but your heart's going to still be beating in your chest? No, no. No. Okay. That's not it. No. All right. Listen, as we grow older, our arteries can stiffen. Yeah. make us prone to heart disease. Not to that's, mention our backs. That's just, yeah, <laughs> that's just part of getting older, right? <laughs> right, right. Those problems are heightened if we're inactive. Right, well, that, they are. We know that. Yes. Research has found that. Common sense says that. The researchers who performed this particular study, they wanted to understand how much exercise an individual needs to perform in order to prevent their heart and their blood vessels from aging and again, I think that's a fair question. That's well, really what I is. want to know as well, right? Well, we don't want to be, and we want to make sure we're doing enough. Right. I mean. And not doing too much. Well, we don't want to overdo it. <laughs> we got to find the sweet spot, right? This, this is the active life, not the overactive life. <laughs> so listen, building on previous research, which shows that exercise cuts the risk of heart disease, these researchers found that varying amounts of exercise affects arteries of varying sizes differently, which I thought was really interesting. That's yeah, interesting. So listen to this. Exercising. For 30 minutes, two to three days per week was found to keep the middle-sized arteries. These are the arteries that supply the head and the neck from aging. But larger arteries, which sends blood to the chest and to the abdomen, Mm -hmm. those arteries benefit from 30 minutes of exercise four to five days a week. So those, so we just need to do it a couple more days a week. Well, that's what they're finding is that wow. in, in this case, more is better. Right. So this is the way they found it. The researchers made their findings by carrying out an analysis of 102 people aged 60 years old and over who were grouped into four categories. These are the categories. Sedentary, which they defined as less than two 30-minute exercise sessions per week for the past 25 years. So they, wow. they were sedentary. Yeah. Casual means that they got two to three sessions in per week. Committed exercisers were doing four to five sessions. And what they called master athletes were doing something six to seven, um, almost All every day of the week. Yep. And then the team. Oh, the, the, the research team did. Yeah, not, the research did. The, the research right. Teams. So this is, these are people who had been sedentary, casually exercising, committed exercise, or master athletes for 25 years. So, so this is, this a is a legitimate term. study yeah. they were looking at. Um, this is what they found. Casual exercise was found to be enough to keep the middle-sized arteries youthful, but those who completed four to five sessions a week 
had younger seeming large central arteries. Wow. And I, I, I think that that's what we're looking for here is, right, I is, think so. is the, 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 the most healthy arteries that we can come up with. Right. Uh-huh. Now the authors did acknowledge that the results of their study may have been limited by participants being categorized according to their exercise levels rather than factors such as the type of exercise that they did or demographic mm-hmm. data or well, lifestyle choices. And all of those things play a large role in development of cardiovascular disease. But all those things set aside, they found that we really should be working out probably 30 minutes a day, four to five days a week, if we want our heart and our arteries to be healthy, which I think we all want. Well, I think we do. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't think of anybody that if no. I asked, hey, do you want your heart to be healthy? No, I want, I want these crinkled old they, arteries that they would break say, on me. No, yeah, no, I want my heart to be unhealthy, right? We yeah. all want that. So, right. So it sounds to me like that's the key. Um, that's that's kind of the answer to the question that yeah. we always have. How much is enough? How much is not enough? So it sounds like 30 minutes of exercise per day, four to five days a week, is going to give you the most bang for your buck. Well, cool. Then I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that window then. You're so in the window there, so you're good to go. That's awesome. I have young arteries. They did, uh, they did also find that um, the study could be useful in the future to help create exercise programs that are designed to protect heart health while further research could reveal whether exercise can actually reverse heart aging, which would be interesting that to know, be, right? That would be If you'd been going along for a long time and not doing the stuff that you're mm-hmm. supposed to do, can you start doing something that will help reverse some of those yeah. negative effects? Yeah, that would be cool to know. Worth finding out, I think. So anyway, ways to keep your heart healthy. I think that's, uh, that's good information. Great information. Jeff, today's guest is another one of our amazing athletes at the Huntsman World Senior Games, yes, Mr. Jerry Ladd. Jerry has played table tennis most of his life and is now the director of a table tennis event called the Henderson Senior Warm-Up. And Jerry, we're excited to uh, visit with you. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, Looking forward to this. Excellent. So, Jerry, I want to talk just a little bit about your table tennis career and how it started, and when it started. Before you start that, though, Kyle, we should probably differentiate between ping pong and table tennis. Ping pong is what I play in my basement. Table tennis is what the real competitive people play. And there is a difference. I, that it was really one is. of the very first things I learned when I started yes. working with uh, multi-sport events. Yes. If you're a competitive, it's, it's table tennis. It's not ping pong. Is that not right, Jerry? Oh, that's totally correct. <laughs> uh, ping pong is uh, basically trying to see how long you can keep the ball going back and forth and uh, table tennis is rather than uh, just outlive the point is take the point so that's you, right you're actually getting a lot more uh, motion a lot more exercise a lot more intense with table tennis than typically with ping pong uh, i love that outlive the point i like that too or take the point <laughs> I, I think there's a life lesson in there somewhere that that's great jerry i and, love that and if you've watched a table tennis tournament you know what he's talking about absolutely so tell us, Jerry, when, when did you start playing table tennis? Uh, well, I started playing ping pong uh, <laughs> back in uh, my junior year in high school. Okay. Uh, I managed to win a little high school tournament there, and I actually thought I was pretty good. But it turned out I just played a little better ping pong than the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I then played a little bit in college uh, at the University of New Mexico. And, uh, again, I played ping pong, but a little bit more aggressive ping pong. And again, I thought I was pretty good because I won the championship there 
Yeah. Thought I was good, but, well, I found out the hard way that uh, good is a relative statement. <laughs> good compared to who? There is a difference, isn't there? I, I got to tell you, I, I had a friend once. I, I used to run the Utah Summer Games up in Cedar City, Utah, and um, I had a friend that I actually went to school with, and when I took over the games, I knew that he played a little bit of ping pong and, and kind of considered himself pretty good. And so I, I kept kind of working on him. You know, you got to sign up, you got to register. This is your sport. This is something you're going to enjoy. You're going to have fun. And I finally talked him into doing it. And again, just like you, Jerry, he thought he was pretty good. And he was better than I was, you know. I mean, he could definitely beat me. But um, he, he came to the event, and I went up to the venue just to see how things were going with the sport and to check on my buddy. And he come, he meets me at the doorway, and he's like, <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. This is not what I was expecting. And then I went in, and I talked to the director, and he said, Kyle, listen, I— I can't find a division bad enough for your friend to play in. I'm, I'm trying to get him a good experience, but I can't find anybody bad enough for him to play against. So, Jerry, as you said, there is a difference between playing ping pong and playing table tennis for sure. But you got to start somewhere, right? Indeed, indeed. You, uh, you start playing and trying to uh, improve yourself as you go. And, uh, well, even ping pong is good for the exercise portion, but... Uh, Again, you find out the difference between uh, good and not so good. I, I found that is true so much with table tennis. I, and every sport has their levels, you know, and, and there's beginners and then there's the experts. But, boy, there is, there is a jump, a big jump between a beginner table tennis player or ping pong player versus an expert. And you see it right away. So, Jerry, how did your eyes get opened? Uh, well, I ended up being effectively drafted out of college uh, in 1961, uh, but rather than being drafted to the Army, I joined the Navy. Okay. Uh, so anyway, they, I was stationed in San Diego for my boot camp, and I got out of boot camp and went down to a local Y there in uh, uh, San Diego, and I met a, a gentleman by the name of Gene Lee who uh, introduced me to table tennis. Again, I had thought I was pretty good, and I found out that, well, uh, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> he introduced me to a club in San Diego, the San Diego Table Tennis Club, and uh, so I started going there, and I truly found out the difference. When I first walked into the club in San Diego, uh, this uh, young man asked me if I wanted to play, and I was thinking, sure, I'll show this guy how the game is played. Well, boy, did I never get a lesson. He yeah. beat me up one side and down the other and turned me every which way but loose. I, <laughs> I, I was totally embarrassed. So I asked him, uh, well, what are you, the club champion? And he said, no, I'm just a novice. And <laughs> the ranking system was novice to D to Z to B to A and then to championship. And he was a novice. And I thought I was good. And he cleaned my plow. So... Well, I found out right then that, well, good is totally relative. Yeah. I was good compared to those that didn't have a clue, but um, I wasn't so good <laughs> compared to those who did. That That is so true. And uh, like you said, good is definitely relative. So what is the difference? Um, I think most of us have, have probably played a game of ping pong at a family reunion or, or whatever. And some of us have been able to watch a high level of play. And, and of course, you know, Jerry, you're, you're right there playing at that high level. But what's the difference between just a regular kind of 
P-I-N-G back and forth versus a highly competitive table tennis game? Well, basically, that's it. The uh, beginner, ping pong, or whatever you want to call them, is typically holds the paddle a little differently than a, a true table tennis player. Uh, they just bounce the ball back and forth, and typically uh, a foot or two or three or even four foot over the net. So it's a very high ball, and uh, they just keep trying to keep it going and return it. Well, a table tennis player, as soon as you give him one of those balls, it's a little bit uh, higher over the net, like even as little as six inches to a foot, uh, you end up eating it. <laughs> they, they smash it. Comes uh, right back at you. Spin it at you. And uh, that becomes their point right away. And so it's not a case of hit the ball back and forth uh, 10, 20, 30 times. It's uh, hit the ball once hard once and or away from your opponent once and the point's yours. So uh, that's what this guy did to me. He, uh, I, I bounced the ball back pretty high and he'd smash it and I'd go chase it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was <laughs> serve, repeat, serve, repeat. <laughs> it was, it was uh, anything but what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I found out that, well, you've got to be a little more aggressive. You've got to be a whole lot more active. You can't just stand there in one spot and bounce the ball back and forth. You've got to be moving quite a lot. Uh, quite rapidly to get in position to hit a shot. And so that's what I eventually learned how to do. Uh, I worked my way up from the novice level myself up to the A level and uh, even played a few in the championship level. Uh, but uh, 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 even, even in those levels, there's large differences between uh, uh, capabilities and, and experience and whatever. The more experienced players, they uh, they can do things to the ball that um, the inexperienced player can't even believe. And, well, I, I learned to believe. <laughs> You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Jerry Ladd, a table tennis player at the Huntsman World Senior Games. And we're just talking about the difference between uh, what we you know affectionately term ping pong versus a, a real table tennis player. I had a, a kind of a similar experience um, on a much smaller scale. You know, I, I grew up, there were four brothers in my family and we're all very competitive and I have one older brother and then I'm the second and my older brother just beat me at everything. You know, just everything we ever did, he just beat me at basketball, football, wrestling, you know, hula hoop. It didn't matter. He beat me at everything. And one day, uh, just a few years ago, we were down in my uncle's basement, as Jeff said, and, and the, the the ping pong table was there. Sure, that's where so they I'm go, like, hey, let's, let's play a game, you know. And we were kind of just, you know how you, you, you serve to see who serves, you know. You just play that P-I-N-G game back and forth. So we were playing that just a little bit. And I was, like, able to return his uh, strikes. And I thought, hey, we're fairly evenly matched here. I, this is going to be a, a, a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, once once who, who was starting... Uh, you know, the, the game was determined who the one who was going to start the, the first serve was determined. That was pretty much it. I mean, he, he had figured out the spin and I, and I don't think that my brother is, is an expert table tennis player, but he certainly was better than I am, but he kept hitting it and it would be coming at me. And then with the spin, Jerry, you know, all about this, it would veer off to the other side. 
And he's like, hmm, are you seeing a difference in the way that we were playing at the beginning versus now? And I was like, just shut up. <laughs> so, yeah, I spent a lot of time chasing the ball that day. So that brings up a good question. How effective are the spins and how do you learn to read the spins as a, as a table tennis player? Uh, practice and experience. It's a uh, couple of things that's pretty becomes pretty obvious. If, if it's side spin, you can recognize that by uh, the virtue of the way that the ball is moving. Uh, it'll curve to some degree as it's coming across, and that'll tell you which side spin is on it, just by which way it's curving, just based on aerodynamics. Uh, the same thing with top spin and underspin. A top spin ball will kind of uh, come over the net and and dive when it hits the table and, and jump out, whereas an underspin will look more like it's kind of floating. It's, it's a flatter path as it comes over, and then it bounces more straight up. So you learn to watch the ball very carefully to see what it's doing. Uh, that's the main way. And another little clue for even some of the um, more experienced but not totally experienced player is if you don't recognize and can't recognize exactly what the spin is, then the saying is impart your will upon the ball. In other words, <laughs> you play the ball rather than than let the ball play you. Right. So you can take control of the spin with your own uh, spin and power. I like so that. That's typically the answer to something you don't recognize is just try and overpower it or, or overwhelm whatever spin is on it yourself. So, Jerry, it sounds like, You've uh, had obviously a lot of experience in your life and you've played in a variety of different places. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, we're talking about table tennis specifically and, and some of the moves and, and the techniques that's involved, but what, what has table tennis taught you about life? Uh, to, to expect the unexpected and to keep moving. You, you got to stay important. active. You got to keep with it otherwise uh, life itself will pass you by uh table tennis the capabilities of your other uh, your opponents will pass you by unless you stay active stay at it and and actually work to uh, uh keep yourself uh, in good shape that's a, that's a great analogy great advice great great advice so let's talk a little bit about some of the experience you you've done some traveling to play table tennis what what's maybe uh, one of the one of the best memories yes, you have. I, I did quite a bit uh, when I when I first got out of boot camp. I can say I joined the San Diego club, and I uh, was very very anxious to improve, and I, so I kept working, playing, and and getting my tush whipped. Uh, but I kept uh, kept at it and kept trying to learn. Uh, eventually, uh, within oh probably eight nine months or so. I played in a little tournament at uh, the Fleet Training Center in San Diego, uh, where I was stationed then, and um, they had a little tournament, uh, and I ended up winning that tournament. So I went to special services from the Navy, and, and they decided to start sponsoring me to tournaments throughout the, the Southwest, primarily uh, Southern California, but they sent me to uh, one in Las Vegas here, uh, one in San, or some in San Francisco, uh, Santa Barbara and all over the LA area. Did you get to meet Forrest Gump? Because that's what he did too. Yeah, I was. I was. I guess I was the original Forrest Gump. Except <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I actually played table tennis rather <laughs> rather than um, uh, what you see Forrest Gump doing. Yeah, uh, that was uh, a, a huge difference, really. Yeah. But 
anyway, yeah, the Navy sponsored me throughout the Southwest. I, I won my share of events at my, uh, at my levels as I improved. I never did win a championship uh, level, uh, but I, in the U.S. Open, I guess it was in 2000, excuse me, in 1963 or four, I don't remember the exact year, uh, the U.S. Open was held in uh, the L.A. area, I think it was uh, Anaheim or Pasadena or one of those, I don't remember exactly. Uh, but anyway, I was entered, and I was entered into the draw. The, the draw was uh, 512 players, uh, all single elimination, and then they had one prior round to, to even get into the draw, which is where I was. Well, I won my way into the draw, and I ended up uh, winning about uh, four or five rounds into the actual draw itself. So I thought that was a... A pretty good accomplishment. That's pretty for, impressive, yeah. Uh, the rookie from from New Mexico that didn't have a clue what he was doing originally. So it was a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations on some of those oh, victories. Oh yeah, for sure. Now you continue to play even to this day, but you've also moved into the uh, administration arena and you're you're running events now. What are some things that you've learned as an administrator that you didn't know when you were just playing? Uh, well, I found out that um, running an event, setting up the event is a lot more difficult uh, than I initially thought because it's uh, setting up the draw is, is easier said than done. You learn uh, how to seed the players properly so that you don't have the top two players playing in the first round and, right. and whatever you try and uh, set it up so that they have to work their way out to the finals uh, if they can. And it, it becomes quite a challenge. Uh, another challenge is putting up with some of the players who tend to think that uh, you gave them an unfair, favorable draw on purpose or whatever. I've gone through that a few times. Uh, there, just there putting are... up with some of the people and their eccentricity yeah. is, uh, is different, shall but we say. There are a lot but, of things. Uh, I enjoyed it all. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, are... I got started doing that by virtue of, well, while I was in San Diego, I became tournament director there, but uh, that was so many years ago, I don't remember a whole heck of a lot about that. That was in the early 60s again. But um, when I started in the administrative section in uh, here in Henderson, it was by virtue of uh, one of the directors at one of the recreation centers asking me after a small tournament that we had uh, at the, at the rec center asked me if I would form a club there, which I did. And then another uh, director of a different uh, rec center asked me if I'd form a club there. So I ended up having two clubs at two different rec centers. And then eventually uh, we all moved over into the one rec center, which had much better facilities, better lighting, a larger gym, moved all the tables into there. And, uh, and away you went. I got, yeah, I, I got involved with uh, the Henderson Senior uh, Games. That was what started the whole thing. And then I got involved in the Nevada Senior Games. Uh, and then by virtue of the Nevada Senior Games being right in front of the Huntsman World Senior Games up in St. George, uh, a lot of players, even from uh, foreign countries, had people from England, from Germany, uh, from Russia, whatever, coming in for the Nevada Senior Games. And I decided I wanted to see if I could get some of them to come to the Henderson as well so that 
our people there could see uh, different styles, different levels of play and all that. So I started what we call the Henderson Senior Warm-Up, which we held uh, initially just on Thursday and then expanded to Wednesday and Thursday at a doubles in. And then Nevada Senior Games were Friday and Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, everybody would pile into their cars or cabs or whatever and drive up to St. George to for Saint the George. Huntsman. Because uh, we set our tournaments up purposely to attract the world-class players from um, different companies right in front of the Huntsman because we knew they were coming to the Huntsman. So, well, Jerry, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, the support at the Games and also for your experience and for joining us on the show. And mm-hmm. congratulations on an incredible career as a table tennis player. That's all the time that we've got. You've been a great and guest. We, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. I thank you much. I very enjoy it. Appreciate it. So, Jeff, now is the time to register for the Huntsman World Senior Games. Yes, get on it. As of this morning, we have over 5,400 registered participants, and a few sports have already reached their participation caps, as you know. So Mm. don't delay. No. You want to visit SeniorGames.net today and register for the sport of your choice. We do offer table tennis. We do. That's available. So take a look at that. Table tennis. The 2018 dates of the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th, so you've got some time to get yourselves prepared. Don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much wherever podcasts are available. And, Jeff, you can now ask your smart speaker to play our show. Just ask Siri, Alexa, or your Google Home device to play the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life podcast And you will be in active life heaven. That's true. That's true. Our inspirational thought for the day. Don't look back. You're not going that way. That's true, too. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.